Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and my friend, I've been waiting for you. We rendezvous here every day so we can study the Bible together. And today we're going to return to Galatians chapter 5, where we're looking at the fruit that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in you and in me. The works of the flesh are so terrible, but when you produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life, your life becomes tasty. It becomes so delicious that people will want to keep coming back to you for another serving and another helping. They will enjoy you so much. But hey, I want you to order the whole series, which is called The Works of the Flesh Versus the Fruit of the Spirit. It's a 10-part series that comes in multiple formats. And the subtitle says, you choose death-permeated works or supernatural life-giving fruit. I know you want to produce supernatural life-giving fruit, and the Holy Spirit wants to produce it in you. You just need to know how to cooperate so you can bear this wonderful, luscious fruit in your life. So please order yours today, and it comes with a study guide, and this particular study guide is just loaded. We really worked on this study guide because we want you to get this teaching down deep inside you so you can read it while you hear it or while you see it. And right now, we're also offering you my daily devotional, which is called Sparkling Gems from the Greek, Volume 1 and Volume 2. You don't have to order both. You can just order one at a time, and it doesn't matter which one you begin with. But in each one of these, there is 1,000 Greek word studies. That is amazing. Between these two books, 2,000 Greek word studies. So in addition to being a daily devotional, it is a resource that you can turn to again and again and again. And at the end of every one of these, there's a prayer for you to pray, a confession for you to make, questions for you to think about. And this is written in such a way that it will devotionally take you into the New Testament and really help you understand the New Testament better. And right now we're also offering you our devotional which is called Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. Have you ordered yours yet? You will love this. And not only is it a story, it is loaded with teaching. And the back of the book says, if you're ready to read a true life story that will stir your faith to launch out and experience your own unlikely adventure, this is the book for you to read. So order yours today. You can order all of these things by going online or by giving us a call right now. And the moment you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone. It's dedicated to our partners. The subtitle says, How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Difficult Situations. This is an amazing book. And because it is dedicated to partners, we give it to anyone who becomes a part of our partner family. And we also send them Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. And by the way, a partner is anyone who says, hey, I want to help you take this teaching to people around the world. So I'm going to support you financially. That's what a partner is. It's anyone who regularly gives into our ministry and will send you these books when you become a part of our partner family. And remember that we're waiting to know how to pray for you. If you'll just give us a call right now, right now, or send us your email. The moment we hear from you, we're going to release our faith for God to really move in your life. We'll believe with you for the miraculous to take place. So let us know how to pray for you by calling us 
or by sending us your email. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Today we're going to return to our anchor verse, which is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So reach for your Bible. We always use the Bible in this program. And today you need a piece of paper and something to write with because I believe today you're going to want to take notes. But let's go back to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, where Paul says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. This verse is a guarantee that if you walk in the Spirit, you'll pull the plug on the flesh. Would you like to pull the plug on the flesh in your life? Well, Paul tells us how in this verse. He says, this I say then. The Greek says, lego day. Lego means I say by itself, it's already very strong, but then he adds the word day. The word day describes something that's absolute. It is indisputable. It is categorical. It is emphatic. It's like he's raising his voice to get our attention. He says, now hear me well. I'm telling you indisputably, absolutely, categorically, emphatically, that if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And this word walk doesn't mean once in a while or hit and miss or maybe on Sundays when you're on the way to church. This is the Greek word peripateo. The word peri describes an encircling area, a particular vicinity. The second part of the word is the word pateo, which means to walk. When you compound the two words together, this word peripateo, which here is translated as the word walk, literally means to walk around habitually in one general vicinity, and therefore some have translated it to live in the Spirit. It describes the realm where God is calling us to live. We can live in the Spirit. You say, oh, I just don't know if that's possible. Of course it is or God wouldn't have told us to do it. And in this verse, he says, habitually walk in the spirit or live in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Shall not in the Greek means you absolutely will not. It is a double negative. It removes all questions. You absolutely emphatically will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And the RIV of Galatians 5.16 is like this. Make the path of the Spirit the place where you habitually live and walk. Become so comfortable on this spiritual path that you learn to leisurely and peacefully stroll along in that realm. Living your life in the Spirit realm is the best way to guarantee that you will not allow the yearnings of your flesh to creep out and fulfill themselves. My friends, we really can't habitually live and walk in that realm. But then in Galatians 5, 19 to 21, Paul lists the works of the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Oh, these are just destructive. But then in Galatians 5, to 23, he tells us that we can choose to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and produce divine fruit. Listen to what he says. But the fruit of the Spirit 
What a contrast is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. What a contrast to what the flesh produces. The flesh produces work that is hard, it is laborious, it is destructive, but the Spirit produces fruit. There's a reason why I have this bowl of grapes here on the set today. And by the way, these are not plastic. These are real. I keep wanting to dive into them and eat them because they look so delicious. And in the same way, when you begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life, people will want to eat off of your tree because you will be such an enjoyable and pleasant person. But by the way, the word fruit in Greek is the word karpos, and it describes the fruit of plants, the fruit of trees, or the fruit of one's body, or anything produced by a seed. Listen, anything produced by a seed, just like an apple seed always produces apples. An orange seed always produces oranges. Seeds always produce after their own kind. Well, hold on, because 1 John 3 verse 9 says, the seed of God has been planted inside every born-again believer. That word seed in 1 John 3, 9 is the word sperm. It's the sperm of God. The seed of God himself was planted inside you and me the moment we called Jesus the Lord of our life. When the Holy Spirit and the Word of God came in, the seed of God came into us, and in that seed is the life of God, the power of God, the character of God, the DNA of God. All of that is inside us. And if we will yield to it, just like an apple seed produces apples and oranges produce oranges, that God seed in us will begin to produce God fruit in our life, which is called the fruit of the Spirit. And yesterday we looked at the first fruit, which was love. Today we're going to continue next to look at joy. In Galatians 5, Paul writes, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. What does this mean, the word joy? Is this happiness? No, 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 it's not happiness. It's much higher than happiness. It comes from the Greek word charis, and charis is the word for grace. Here it is the word kara, and it describes a grace produced joy, which means joy is divine in origin. Someone may feel happiness or hilarity or excitement for a few moments, but all of those are fleeting emotions that come and go. But joy, on the other hand, is grace produced. It is an expression that flourishes even when times are strenuous, daunting, or tough. And a great example of this is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6. The Thessalonians were going through terrible, terrible persecution. But in the midst of all of those hard times, nonetheless, they had joy because it is a fruit of the Spirit. It is not determined by circumstances or what you feel. It comes from the inside. It is grace produced. Listen to this verse. 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Notice he says it's joy of the Holy Ghost. It's produced by the Holy Spirit. But wait, this verse says they were experiencing affliction. And the word affliction here is the Greek word thalipsis. The word thalipsis describes great, great pressure, 
crushing pressure, something that nearly suffocates you. It is the pressure to conform a horribly tight, life-threatening squeeze, a situation so difficult it caused one to feel stressed, squeezed, pressed, pressured, or crushed. They were going through a very, very, very difficult time, but in spite of it, they had joy because the Holy Spirit was producing it inside them. Wow. One of the way the Holy Spirit helps us in very difficult times is to give us joy. In fact, joy is God's response to the devil's attacks. Say amen. In fact, this joy that I'm describing today is so much better than mere happiness because happiness is based on circumstantial pleasure, merriment, hilarity, exuberance, or something that causes you to feel hopeful or to be in high spirits. But those are fleeting emotions. They may feel pleasurable at the moment, but they come and go very, very fast. All it takes is one bad piece of news, a sour look from a fellow employee, a bad word from your spouse, or an electric bill bigger than you anticipated, and your happiness can disappear right in front of your eyes. But joy is supernatural. It doesn't come from outward circumstances. It comes from the inside, and therefore it is unaffected by outward circumstances and thrives when times are tough. You need this fruit of the Spirit in your life. Wow. It is divine in origin, and it particularly manifests when times are are hard. And the Thessalonians, even though they were in a very, very difficult position, they were experiencing divine joy. And in fact, the RIV of 1 Thessalonians 1.6 is this. You threw your arms open wide and gladly received the word into your lives with great enthusiasm. And you did it even in the midst of mind-boggling sufferings, a level of stress and intensity that would be suffocating and crushing for most people. But while you were going through all these hardships and hassles, you were simultaneously experiencing the supreme joy of the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because the seed of God was on the inside of them, and that seed of God was producing supernaturally joy, even in difficult circumstances. This is a joy that will sustain you even in the hardest of times. It is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. But wait, then Paul next mentions peace. In Galatians 5, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. The word peace in Greek is the word arene. Listen to what it means. It depicts the cessation of war and all conflict being put away. It is a time of rebuilding and reconstruction after the war is finished. Distractions are removed. It depicts a time of prosperity, the rule of order in the place of chaos. It is a calm inner stability that results in the ability to conduct oneself peacefully, even in the midst of circumstances that would normally be traumatic or upsetting. And it is the Greek equivalent of the word in Hebrew, shalom, which expresses the ideas of wholeness, completeness, or tranquility in the soul that is unaffected by outward situations or pressures. That is amazing. Again, we see something that comes from the inside. It isn't determined by outward circumstances. It comes from the inside. God himself is peace, and his peace seed is inside you. And if you'll yield to it, 
you will experience supernatural peace. And one of the best illustrations of this is in Acts chapter 27, where the Apostle Paul found himself on a ship caught in the middle of a raging sea storm, and everyone was fearful that they were going to lose their lives. And an angel of the Lord appeared to Paul in the middle of the night, and Paul got up and told the men the next day in Acts 27, verses 22 to 24, And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whose I serve, saying, Fear not. And when Paul received that word, peace erupted on the inside of him, and he became like a rock in the middle of a very difficult situation. Not only did it give him peace and strength, but he was able to impart that peace and strength to everyone that was around him. But wait, then Paul goes on in Galatians 5, 22, and next he mentions long suffering. What is long suffering? Well, from time to time, we all get frustrated with other people who we think should appreciate us more and show us a little more kindness. It's really nice to easy to be nice to people who treat you well. But when people fail to appreciate us or fail to acknowledge what we've done for them or fail to value what we have contributed to them, sometimes our flesh says, I've had it. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to be a mat for them to walk on. I'm out of here. I'm not going to be patient with them any longer. And we've all felt that. Parents have felt that with their children. Teachers have felt that way with their students. Husbands have felt that way with their spouses and wives with their husbands. Friends have even felt that with the best of friends. And pastors have even felt that with their congregations. But the bottom line is this. Regardless of your status in life, who you're married to, where you work, what you do, where you go to church, you need long-suffering to get along with people. And the word long-suffering is the Greek word makrothumia. It's a compound of two words, the word makros and the word thumos. The word makros means something that is long, long, long. It's where we get the word for macaroni, something that is long. The word thumos depicts a passionate desire. But when these two words are compounded, it portrays the patient restraint of anger and therefore long suffering. It can be translated as the words forbearance or patience. It is one that is ready to forbear and patiently wait. It is one who doesn't easily give up or bow out. And I say that macrothumia, here translated as the word long-suffering, is like a candle that has a very, very long wick. This is not a short-wicked person. This is a person with a long, long wick. They're able to burn a long, long time as they wait for that person to turn around and to make progress. And this very word is used in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, when Paul writes, love suffereth long. That's the same word, the word long-suffering, the Greek word makrothumia. A better translation would be, love is not short-tempered or easily angered. Or you could translate it, love does not quickly blow its top, but is patient as it waits for others. Or you could translate it, love is not irritable and impatient, but is willing to wait a long time for someone to change. Or you could translate it, love is determined to wait until the other person finally comes around. Or you could translate it, love passionately burns for others and is willing to wait as long as is necessary for another person to change. 
My friends, that's supernatural. That is not produced by outward circumstances. That comes from the seed of God that is on the inside of you. But then Paul next mentions gentleness in Galatians 5, verse 22, which is the Greek word krestotes, and a better translation of this would be adaptability. It is the supernatural ability to adapt to those who are around you. And this is so contrary to flesh. Flesh says, this is what I am. If you don't like it, you can lump it. I'm not changing for anybody. But when this particular fruit of gentleness, Christotes, is working on the inside of you, suddenly you want to become all things to all men. The Apostle Paul referred to this in 1 Corinthians 9.20 when he gave his testimony. And unto the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. Then in verse 20 again, to them that are under the law, as under the law that I might gain them. Notice the adaptability in his life. Verse 21. To them that are without law, as without law, that I might gain them. Verse 22, to the weak I became as weak, that I might gain the weak. Verse 22 again, I am made all things to all men, that by all means I might save some. When this fruit of the Holy Spirit is working in you, you're not demanding that everybody be like you, but you're looking what you can do to reach those who are around you. This is so contrary to the flesh, which says, if you don't like me the way that I am, then you can just take a hike. But when the Spirit of God is working in you, the Spirit of God in you says, what do I need to do to reach this person? How do I need to change in order to bring them the message that will really help them and turn their life around? Wow, that is supernatural. But hey, there's more fruit of the Spirit, which we're going to see tomorrow but I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. A life dominated by the flesh is a hard life. It is filled with excess, imbalance, extremity, laziness, self-abuse, hatred, strife, bitterness, irresponsibility, and neglect. The way of the flesh is the hardest route to take. But a life dominated by the Holy Spirit is filled with benefits and blessings. I'm talking about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Don't give way to the flesh and allow it to produce its ugly work in your life. In this series, The Work of the Flesh versus the Fruit of the Spirit, Rick Renner will show you how to identify the works of the flesh, how to stop yielding to the flesh, how to start yielding to the Spirit, how to walk in the Spirit nonstop, how walking in the Spirit can become your realm of existence. This powerful 10-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $20. In addition to this teaching series, you can also get the book Sparkling Gems from the Greek Volumes 1 and 2. In these books, Rick unlocks the brilliant treasures within God's Word and shows you how to live an intimate and uncompromising life with God in an easy-to-read devotional format. Each volume of Sparkling Gems explores more than 1,000 in-depth Greek word studies. Order Sparkling Gems Volume 1 for just $40 and Sparkling Gems Volume 2 for only $45. Don't miss this special offer. The series, The Work of the Flesh versus The Fruit of the Spirit and the books Sparkling Gems 1 and Sparkling Gems 2. Call the number on your screen or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends, this is Rick and Denise Renner with our hard hats. Have to wear them. Because we're standing on our new land in Moscow where we're building the new TV studio. We built a big fence around this property and had to dig the ground out and 
then fill it with new soil. They've been leveling it. They've been putting in pipes and a French drain around the whole property. And very soon, they're going to begin pouring the foundation for the new studio. And from this place, we're gonna film programs that are going to go into people's homes all over the world. They're crying out and they're saying, God, please send us teaching we can trust. And right from this place, can you imagine, Denise, in Russia, we're gonna be broadcasting the teaching of the Bible to people all over the world. It is so exciting. Thank you so much for being a part of the giving team to make all of this happen. And at the same time, they're also getting ready to move into the new building in Tulsa. They're getting it all ready. Wow, it is so amazing what is happening simultaneously on both sides of the world. But friends, it's not about buildings, it's about people. We're doing our part to take the teaching of the Bible into people's homes all over the world. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 10, 21, the lips of the righteous feed many. That's our job. Our team is willing to do the work, but partners put financial fuel into the tank that enable us to do this amazing job. And thank you so much for being a partner. And if you're not yet a part of the giving team to make all of this happen, would you please pray about becoming part of the team to help us do this? We can do it. And together, we're really going to get it done. Oh, it's just so exciting to stand here on this ground, which was dedicated to the Lord. We laid hands on it, we consecrated it, we sanctified it, and now the building is going to begin to go up. And at the same time, we're moving into our new building in Tulsa and renovating it. It's amazing what can happen if everyone works together. And Denise, we could never do this by ourselves. But God has given us the most amazing partners. And because of you, we're able to do this. And I want you to know that when you're a partner with our ministry, we really mean it when we call you a partner and we're praying for you. And again, if you're not a part of the giving team yet, please pray about joining our giving team to cause this miracle here and the miracle in Tulsa to come to pass. And together, we're going to feed people the Word of God all over the planet. Thank you so much for being a part of this project. Today, we've covered so much material, and tomorrow, we're going to see four more fruits that the Holy Spirit wants to produce inside your life. Don't miss tomorrow. But today and tomorrow are the last days that we're offering you the series, which is called The Works of the Flesh versus The Fruit of the Spirit. The subtitle says, You Choose Death Permeated Works or Supernatural Life giving fruit. It's a 10-part series, and it comes with a marvelous, marvelous study guide. Please order yours today. And again, today and tomorrow is the last day that we're offering this on the program. You can order this by going online or by giving us a call right now. And we're also offering you my daily devotionals called Sparkling Gems from the Greek, Volume 1, and Sparkling Gems from the Greek, Volume 2. This will walk you into the New Testament and make the Bible seem so easy for you. If you enjoy what I do in these programs and how I teach from the Greek, you will just love these. So order yours today, and it doesn't matter whether you start with number one or number two, and you don't have to read the whole thing at once because it is a daily devotional. And remember that when you become a partner, we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone and Denise's book called 
the gift of forgiveness, we always send these two books to anyone who becomes a part of our partner family. And please, please, please let us know how to pray for you. As soon as you call us or send us your email, we're going to go to work praying for God to move in your life. But let me pray for you right now. Father, I'm speaking for me and I'm speaking for my friend. In the name of Jesus, we yield ourselves to you and we ask you to produce this divine fruit in our life. Help us not to be moved by outward circumstances or pressures. We thank you there's a divine seed inside of us that will produce regardless of what's going on around us. Let the fruit of the Spirit work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow. But remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power.